Hello everyone, today's Chumash, we're reading the second reading of Parshas Shmois. And um, we talk about the beginning of the actual enslavement in Egypt, as we talked about yesterday, the second reading of the book of Exodus. Um, Pharaoh made a decree that the baby boy should be thrown into the Nile River. Miriam basically convinced her parents, Amram and Yocheved, to have another baby because they were separated. And they had a baby boy and realized that he was very special. And Yocheved, Moses' mom, hid Moses in a basket in the Nile. And Pharaoh's daughter, Batya, um, found him and took him to the palace. So, so Pharaoh, saw, Pharaoh saw that Shifra and Pua, which was Miriam and Yocheved, weren't killing the babies as he had asked them. And he asked them why they weren't listening um, Shifra and Pua explained that these were the Jewish midwives, that they really, um, that the Jewish women didn't need midwives, they, they had the babies themselves. And because of their self-sacrifice, God gave them a reward. King David came from Miriam's family, and Yocheved's children became the, the Kohanim and the Levites through Moses and Aaron. Since they weren't doing what he wanted, Pharaoh had to think of a new plan, decided to have them build houses for the Egyptians in Goshen, where the Jews lived. These Egyptians would be spies and find out who had a baby so they could throw them into the Nile. Amram, who was Moses' father, who was the leader of the Jews at that time, thought that maybe they shouldn't have any children anymore since Pharaoh was going to kill the babies anyway. So he got divorced from Yocheved and, and the rest of the Jews basically divorced their wives. Miriam, the da- his daughter, told her father that, his, that, you know, basically he's being worse than Pharaoh. Pharaoh only wanted to kill the males, and he's trying to kill every, not have any children. Uh, so Miriam told her father that our job is to have children. What happens afterwards is God's decision. Also, Pharaoh was only killing babies, not having any children. There'd be no baby girls either. Miriam said a prophecy that her parents would have a baby who would take the Jews out of Egypt. Amram realized that Miriam was right and remarried his wife, Yocheved. Um, the other Jews got married again. Also, on the seventh of Adar, Amram and Yocheved had a baby boy. Um, no, on, on, on the seventh of other, they had a baby boy. That was Moses. He was born early, so the Egyptians didn't think to check right away to see if he was born. Um, when Moses was born, the house became full of light. Yocheved and Amram realized that this could be the baby who would take the Jews out of Egypt. They were able to hide him for three months until the Egyptian spies would come back and check to see if the baby was born. Pharaoh's magicians told him that the baby who was would take the Jews out of Egypt was born. They weren't sure if the baby was a Jew or Egyptian, but they saw in the stars that he would die because of water. So Pharaoh made a new decree that all baby boys would have to be thrown into the Nile, including Egyptians. But all girls should grow up like the Egyptian girls. Basically, make them into good Egyptian citizens and try to assimilate the Jewish girls. Chavit took a basket and made, made waterproof, a smelly pitch outside, but clay inside, so Moses didn't need to smell the pitch. So he put the baby in the basket, hidden in the reeds by the side of the Niles. Um, she didn't actually put the basket in the water because the, the, the water was actually I, I, the idol of Egypt. Miriam hid the, here nearby to see what would happen. After Pharaoh's uh, magicians told Pharaoh that the baby was in the water, Pharaoh canceled the decree because figured that the baby was already drowned. Pharaoh's daughter, Batya, didn't want to worship idols anymore, so she decided to use the Nile River as a mikvah to become pure and pray only to God. Then Moses' basket floated into the water. Basia saw the basket and wanted to see what was inside. Her helpers told her it was probably a Jewish boy, so she shouldn't look. Basia tried to grab the basket anyway, and God made her arm long enough to reach the baby. 
Basya saw right away that this was a special baby, was crying, and Basya felt bad. She saw that he had a bris and was a, a circumcision and was a Jewish baby, but he wanted to, um, but wanted to take care of him anyway. Basya tried to get Egyptian women to nurse the baby, but he wouldn't eat from a person who wasn't Jewish. So Miriam, who was standing watching, asked if she could, if she should get a Jewish woman to feed the baby. Basya agreed, and Miriam ran home very quickly to, to get her mother. Basya asked Yochavet if she could pay her to nurse the baby. Of course, Yochavet agreed. Chavit gave lots of excuses why the baby needed to stay with her um, and kept him home until he was about 12, teaching him about being a good Jew. Then she had to bring him to Batya, who returned, who treated him like a son. Batya called him Moshe, which means taking out because she took him out of the water. An insight in today's, um, part, today's lesson Basically, Pharaoh and his court knew that Moses was Jewish, but they assumed that if they raised him like an Egyptian, he would become one of them, and his exceptional intelligence and talents could be put to use in Pharaoh's government. In fact, however, since he spent his early formative years, till he was 12, in his parents' home for educational and val- education and values, so the education and values that he received from his people enabled him to remain aloof, both from the enticements of the Egyptian culture and the social status offered him there after he was brought to Pharaoh's household uh, that was offered him after he was brought to Pharaoh's household. However, the clarity of values with which he his upbringing endowed him enabled him to 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 imbibe whatever positive lessons could be learned in the Egyptian court, the techniques of leadership, organizational organization, regal bearing, and so forth, while remaining true to his people and his God. We see here here how crucial is the early education of children, particularly their moral education, and that the values we impart to them can never, um, can even prepare them for moral and spiritual greatness. Can even prepare them for moral and spiritual greatness. So may we put an emphasis on the education of our children in the ways of Torah and mitzvot, and they should give nachas to us, and it's the children especially who will be on the front line when Mashiach comes immediately. Amen.